We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in everybody to today's episode of pack a day this is episode 1133 i am one of your hosts janelle Mackey, and with me today is Eli Berkovitz, we're down a man today. Uh, Dan will not be with us, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll have him back next time. So, Eli, how are you doing today? I am doing good. I am about 24 hours in to my move to Los Angeles, still settling in, but obviously very excited about the future. Tomorrow will be my first day in the offices, and from what I'm hearing, it's supposed to be pretty wild. And without going into too much detail, there's been a lot of talk about some very futuristic toilets that have me very curious. Yes, Jen, I don't know <laughs> what they mean, but I'm not lying. At least 10 minutes was dedicated to, to, to toilet talk, and I can't wait to see what they're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Okay, for those who don't know, Eli, this is the first time we're recording since the news broke. Uh, Eli is top dog now he got a job with the nfl he's now out in la uh he left the the superior time zone to go chase his dreams but we're really happy for him proud of him so yeah you're definitely gonna have to follow up on all of his work there and thankfully uh, such a big shot is still willing to hang out and talk with me here (laughs) yeah far far from a big shot and definitely will never stop covering the packers talking packers and hopefully being a part of Pack-A-Day for a long time. So I'm excited about it. Well, we're lucky to have you around. So obviously this episode is coming out on Tuesday, the day that the 53-man rosters have to be in. As of Monday when we're recording this, there hasn't been any news about any big roster moves. So it's kind of, it's almost like eerie, like not hearing anything. I don't know how you feel about that. Did you expect them to make any moves today, or did you expect no news? And then all of a sudden Tuesday, that's when we'll just kind of get the list. Um, I thought maybe we could see one or two. I did expect the bulk to be tomorrow because I remember most years, like it just usually all happens on a Saturday. This year's a Tuesday, mm-hmm. which um, – which I which I was excited about, but now I realize who knows if I'll even be able to keep track of it and everything tomorrow. But I was expecting maybe one or two moves today. So, you know, it just makes for a more exciting day tomorrow. And the Packers always 
there's always some there's always some surprise at cutdown day. Last year was Malik Taylor and the Jay Kumaro situation, mm-hmm. and there's been many scenarios before then. So I'm sure tomorrow will be a lot of fun. Yeah, and obviously we're kind of seeing a lot of uh, roster predictions. I know we all did one on last Thursday on Open Book, and that's kind of all I've been seeing. So we wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit, and instead of just kind of giving a whole 53-man roster breakdown, we kind of just wanted to talk about, you know, who we could see as uh, surprises who make the roster and also some surprise cuts. So, um, yeah, I guess we can kind of just jump right into that. So we just kind of basically picked three guys. So we can start with the we'll, – we'll go with the surprise cuts, and then we'll end on a better note. Uh, wow. Always do bad news first. So uh, we each picked three names that we thought could maybe be surprise cuts for whatever reason. Um, so, Eli, do you want to give us your first surprise cut who maybe we thought we'd see on the 53, but maybe we don't? Yeah, so I've been going back and forth on these two guys the whole offseason. If it was up to me, I'd maybe cut both. But considering I've already made my 53-man roster prediction. I feel like I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like you probably do. Um, but my guy, I'm going to go with Tyler Lancaster. Okay, so you kept Lowry. <laughs> so I kept Lowry. To be honest, you know, I really think with the way Jack Heflin has played, and this could be a bit of a spoiler, but he's going to be on my 53-man roster. Undrafted rookie. For two of us, then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he's looked great during the preseason and in training camp. And with him, TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark, and Ann Kingsley Kiki, you know, Lowry and Lancaster, it's like, where where, where do they have their place? So I look at their box. It's not just the box numbers and, and the tape. They really don't provide all that much. But... I'm going to say they'll stick with Lowry. They gave him a contract restructure, but I think Heflin ends up beating out Lancaster for that last defensive tackle spot. So you say Lancaster is kind of one of the surprise cuts. Yeah. I I wouldn't hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think most people would. And it was a move that was questionable when uh, the signing happened. So yeah, yeah, I think that's what would make it surprising is if he's cut because of that contract. Yeah, that's why originally it's like, it sh- truthfully, it shouldn't be surprising because let's be real, he hasn't shown anything that should really surprise you for being cut, but they did also give him a bit of a contract restructure and usually you don't cut someone like that, but hey, they just cut Kamal Martin. And they Dean Lowry, though, I mean, he got yeah. that restructure and we kind of thought that he was going to do something big with it and then... They gave, yeah, look, I'll be honest. I, I didn't like that contract when they gave when they gave it to him and I definitely don't like it now. So if it ends up being Lowry and not Lancaster, to me they're almost interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with Lancaster. All right. Well I I'm gonna kinda stay on the defensive side of things. I feel like I say defensive and that's more hockey, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I've gotten called out a couple times for it. On the defense side of things, um no, I, I, would, I would say defensive. I don't. I don't think that sounds hockey. So you're good. I'm good. Okay. Oh, it. Sometimes I say defenseman. I think that's a problem. But uh, for for defense, somebody I thought would maybe be a surprise cut could be Ty Summers. Um, I think that there's a lot of depth at his position, and the way that he's kind of kept on this roster has been through special teams. We've seen some flashes. Um, he's got some opportunities depending on what's going on with the linebacker situation, but. You know, it's something that if they want depth somewhere else, are they willing to kind of hold that spot for somebody who is just a special teams guy? And maybe on this special teams, 
yeah, you kind of need to keep them. So I think that's what would be really surprising is somebody who has shown kind of consistent um, flashes of good play on special teams. It would be really surprising. And he's somebody who I've been I've been rooting for for a while, but he just never sees regular time minutes. Um, so you kind of wonder maybe there's a younger guy who costs less, feeling a little bit more. Um, yeah, I don't. There's just something that you know it, it would be really interesting, especially with the depth that the linebacker position, if he can kind of secure that spot on special teams, or maybe he's even done enough to kind of get a couple regular season snaps, but there's just so much competition there where, you know, it, it, it could be a toss up if, if he's still needed in that special teams, if they think that he's still one of the best and they're willing to keep him on the roster. But yeah, he's kind of somebody who I think maybe could turn some heads if we see him go. Yeah. Summers obviously is mostly known for his special teams contributions which from what we saw in the preseason looks like we could still use some help on special oh, yeah. teams yeah so the unfortunately the thing is that with preseason that's not your starting offense that's not your starting defense but that's most likely your starting yeah. special, special teams exactly and it did not look it did not look good i mean we, we saw it in person that first game versus the texans a handful of big returns by the texans and it's almost too many. <laughs> yeah. It's just insane how it's year after year. Like you can't figure out this one aspect of the team, but yeah, summers. I mean, the fact that they cut Martin makes me feel a bit more confident in summers, but they also, Isaiah McDuffie just had a huge performance, led the team in tackles at a half sack. And I liked him coming out of the draft. If they see him as both an option on defense and special teams and with Oren Burks finally showing something in year four, Summers, yeah, look, he, he could be one of those surprise cuts we see for sure. Yeah, so who is number two on your list then? So number two on my list is a little bit boring, but I think it but it stays on special teams, and it's actually Hunter Bradley. Because ah, he, he's on mine too. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, he is, he's been shaky with his snaps, both punting and for field goals, and – like again, we just said we have issues on special teams. We yeah. we can't have the foundation, the beginning of all of your all of all of your plays with a snap that can't go wrong. We see you have a, you have a bad snap on a field goal, you could lose a game. Bad yeah. snap on a punt, you could look at a, a safety in the end zone, a touchdown for the other team. You can't have it. So there's been multiple long snappers that veteran long snappers over the last few days that have been cut from teams, and even some young guys who look. You know, if you're a long snapper and you're good, here you go. Here's a job. Like, you have one job. Snap the ball. It's a, it's not easy, but if you're good at it, you don't need to have – you know, right. you don't need a guy with eight years of experience. Find someone who's good, better than Bradley, and bring him in because I I don't want to see any any sh- terrible snaps and all of a sudden Mason Crosby misses a field goal by, by 37 feet because the snap was insane. So yeah. – and I, I think it was Matt Schneiderman who uh, pulled the quote um, and he kind of said, you know, J.K. Scott's a good thing. He has really good hands because there's been a couple of situations where if he doesn't make those grabs, then it kind of tears apart the play. So, yeah, Hunter Bradley made my list a little bit. And the only reason it's kind of like a surprise cut is because he's the only one on roster. He's not competing with anybody who's currently with the Packers right now. I know Joe Fortunato at one point was, so it was interesting uh, that move a while ago. Gosh, I can't remember how long ago that's been. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously, it's kind of like your 
your center of special teams. Every play starts with that snap. So you need somebody who is consistent and reliable and has that connection. And it does sound like, uh, I think it was Matt LaFleur was kind of praising him a little bit, saying that he's been getting better. But when, you know, preseason's over, we can't still be working on getting better. By the Unless time we enter week one, we kind of need, you know, your position where there's no depth right now. It's not yeah. like we can replace you and go put in. I mean, I know there's guys who are versatile, but not to the point where they can just go out there and long snap. So, yeah, he's somebody who he's. I've got my eye on him to see if he'll make it or not. Um, maybe they're, you know, that's why everybody's so quiet. They're already making some moves that haven't been announced or anything like that. But, yeah, I've just read too much about, you know, the inconsistency where they're in the dirt a lot or just miss snaps. And, yeah, that's not something, especially on a, a special team that's already struggling you know, I know it's not usually the scoring side of special teams that is the issue, but still, you know, if he's snapping it to uh, J.K. Scott or something and our coverage isn't good, you know, just, yeah, it, it could turn sour really fast. So you want somebody more reliable, and it sounds like he's been getting better day by day, but we'll see if he's good enough by tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, Um and, you know, when you said about LaFleur saying he's getting better, let's be real. If you're even talking about your long snapper, there's a problem. Because yeah. usually you're never talking about your long snapper. So if your coach at the press conference has to talk about him, it's already – it's for sure on the radar. It, it could very well just be Matt LaFleur trying to be a good coach to his guys and not one to respect yeah. him at the podium. Yeah. And also, you know, if he talks positively about him, even if they cut him, you know, if somebody is like, well, you know, Matt LaFleur said that he's been getting better, so maybe we'll pull him in to practice yeah, or something. Or, yeah, so it kind of leaves him with a little bit more opportunity when Matt LaFleur says those kinds of things about him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, for sure. So was that your second guy or do you have a yeah. second? Yep, Hunter Bradley was my second. So yeah, I have a lot of special teams focus, but I feel like that's where... Uh, these surprise cuts can come because it depends on who can take what positions. Yeah. So. I did teeter with the idea, actually. He's not on my list, but I did teeter with the idea of J.K. Scott. Me too. It was, yeah. When I was looking at Bradley, I'm like, wait a minute, what about Scott? Yeah, but- same thing. But I was like, you know what? I've seen, like, you know, maybe there's something with Scott and Crosby where they just need to stay together or whatnot. But yeah, yeah just look like because, uh, you know, okay. his, the way he's been looking and preseason i was like well maybe maybe not but giant question mark yeah i just think finding a punter is probably harder to replace mm-hmm. than a long snapper and that's yeah, not again, right now too because yeah, exactly the week of again you know who knows maybe a team will will cut a solid punter and scott won't even be a part of the 53 men cut down but it will sign someone else but right. yeah i don't think i don't think scott is I think uh, with how early they cut Winslow, I think that what no, I was about to say the worst pun ever, and I'm happy you cut nope. me off. Say it, say it. I was about to, I was gonna say that Scott is not gonna get off scot free. Oh. I hate myself. <laughs> yeah, I hate myself, but no, you never make puns or jokes like that, so I appreciate it. I yeah, just a joke here. yeah, but no, so I think I think we'll make the 53. But if someone cuts a decent punter, he could be in some trouble. Right. His job, just because he's on the list tomorrow, doesn't mean his job is secured. Yeah. So on to, okay, so we'll move on to third and final surprise cut. All right. So I kind of went back and forth on this one because it's like, is it so much of a surprise? I don't know. But. At the same time, you know, I'm not going to sit here, like we said before the show, and be like, they're going to cut Robert Tanyan, da-ding. Like, you know, <laughs> it would be surprising, but but realistic would be rookie from Wisconsin, from Green Bay, Cole Van Lanen. I'm not, you know, I think they have a lot of depth at offensive, ta- offensive line, a ton of versatility. It's really going to depend on how they feel about Bakhtiari and I guess the line without Bakhtiari in it. But, you know, it's not often you see a team cut a rookie before they even play, but they drafted three offensive linemen this year, I believe. And, or I'm sorry, is it, no, yeah, three offensive linemen. And Van Lanen was a, was a late pick, and he could end up just being one of the guys that doesn't make it, considering some of the other guys that have stepped up throughout training camp and preseason. Yeah, well, I'm going to bite my tongue on this one because he might be on my other list. So I can kind of give my... Okay. Are you rolling your eyes at me? No, I was trying to think of your other list. I wasn't rolling your eyes. I was thinking. We're only halfway through the show. So I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, there's just there's always so much depth and you never know who they're going to keep and who they're not going to. Um, I think the whole Bakhtiari thing definitely throws a wrench into things because he can play tackle and guard and that keeps him versatile. But... I'll talk about him a little bit later and I'll go on to my my third guy who I don't know I feel weird writing his name because I feel like to me he's such a lock but maybe depending on where they want to put their depth it, it could be really shocking and I said Malik Taylor 
because, you know, with Funches, we thought he was going to for sure lock in that six wide receiver spot. And then obviously with his unfortunate injuries, he is no longer with the team. Um, so maybe they think, you know, we're, we're just going to roll with five and we can pick up depth later or something like that. We want to, we want to secure more guys in different areas and our receiver core is pretty solid. Maybe they don't think that, you know, here's somebody who kind of is really good on special teams, but doesn't add a whole lot to the regular, um, wide receiver core. So I thought it, it could be really surprising. I do think that he's a lock. I think that he has played exceptionally well in this preseason and he's shown that he can really do a lot. And, you know, maybe with um, this group, there's not as much a chance for him to see time, but it's still a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I could just see him being a surprise cut just simply if they want to focus on depth in other places, if they think that he is somebody who they can get by without. Um yeah, because, I mean, you got other guys who have been testing out the special teams returns and stuff like that. So there's a good chance, you know, he he could be a replaceable player. So depending on what they want to do in other areas, whether it's offense or defense, if they want to keep another cornerback and then maybe kind of skimp on the the wide receiver position, that that's just something that it would surprise me, especially with how his preseason has been going. But position-wise, it yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, so it's funny. It's actually Taylor – I was thinking about doing as my last one as like probably my most surprising one. Because like you said, he has been playing very well, both on special teams. And I think for the first time we're seeing him really excel even as a receiver. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that extension on the sideline. Yeah. That, it was yeah. like Jordy esque the way that yeah. he did the width of the field. I was Smashed like, oh my gosh. And, just, yeah, yeah. So he's just been showing flashes like that. And that it could just be an unfortunate, you know, he's competing in a, a really tough group a position yeah. group, and that could be it so yeah, it's, it's nothing against his talent it's just you know he's a receiver and there's a lot of talent ahead of him yeah I mean they're like you said they they could potentially roll with five because they really have they have five guys they could put out there confidently and basically any play and they've but, got five tight ends after yeah, exactly once he comes they've got out. a lot of pass catchers yeah, but and Aaron uh, Jones rolls out and, you know, they, yeah, can, they can just get weird with this offense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot they could do. But I actually was going to say that, and again, this would be really wild, but Juwan Winfrey is obviously someone that was really flashing early on in training camp. Unfortunately, he had that injury, hasn't played in the preseason. But who knows, if maybe they saw enough in him where they're like, if this, we know he's going to be healthy – and, you know, we're not even going to play in preseason. We're just going to keep him under wraps, this, that, just keep him healthy. And, look, last year, again, no one expected Malik Taylor to make the roster. I don't, I don't think I saw one 53-man thing with, that had him on it. And, again, I do expect him to make the roster tomorrow. But Winfrey, if you want to just talk purely as a receiver, looked really, really good. And I'll be honest, I don't know how great of a special team player he is. But if they think he could add as a special teamer, that that could be maybe the surprise of the day. All of a sudden, Taylor's gone. Winfrey makes it. That would be that would be the Taylor Kumro of last year, in my opinion. I don't think it's, I don't think it's likely, but that could happen. That would be pretty wild, especially with uh, Malik Taylor's kind of season finale in the preseason. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, and I actually kind of dabbled in since we were talking a little bit about tight ends. If Sternberger wasn't suspended. I might have think that they would cut maybe Daphne or Deguara. I actually, as much as I love Sternberger, 
I would almost say that, like, I, I, I've been seeing room, not rumors, but, like, belief that the team is not really very yeah. impressed with him, and maybe he could be, his job could maybe be in jeopardy. Yeah. And that would really bum me out because, number one, it was a third-round pick. I really liked him. But also, considering that they spent two years in a row, third-round picks on tight ends, Sternberger and DeGuara, like mm-hmm. that's a move. That's like a move almost like what the Patriots did in getting Hunter Henry and John Smith. You want two guys, young, that are do different things but are both good and that can be your future as a dual tight end offense. And this offense can do that. McCarthy's offense, it wouldn't have mattered. This yeah. offense can do it. And I've said it on every show I've been on, when Sternberger comes up, I'm one of his biggest fans. I do not want him gone. But he – he just hasn't shown enough yet. He really, really needs right. to step up, and the suspension doesn't help. If DeGuara shows anything in the first two weeks and Daphne continues to be good on special teams and come in for blocking occasionally, who knows if they bother putting him on the 53 man? Yeah, that could be a surprising cut we see in a few weeks from now. Um, yeah, and it was nice to see DeGuara get back out on the field too and finally see him catch one after coming back from his injury. It was just kind of like a – a happy moment seeing a guy yeah. you know he's been rehabbing for so long because he got hurt early last year or in the last really, season it was rough yeah so it, it's nice to see him come back and at least be able to get into a game situation and kind of maybe get a little bit of that rust off and those nerves off and yeah I'm excited to see him I think you know he could have been a surprise one if you know he wasn't so young and if he wasn't coming back and was maybe struggling but then he would also probably be on more of a an injury list than a cut because he's somebody that it seems like they're high on. So I might've honestly leaned towards if Sternberger was good to go, maybe we don't see Daphne, but this team always runs heavy with the tight ends. So that's why, you know, maybe they'll keep five, five wide receivers and we'll see Taylor go. Yeah. So leading into our surprise, make, make guys that will make the roster. I kind of alluded to one and that was Juwan Winfrey in that scenario mm-hmm. of a surprise Malik Taylor for Winfrey swap. So that's my first. Uh, what's your first? My first, uh, I feel like most of the guys that I'm going to bring up, we've already talked a little bit about, but my kind of surprise make was Cole Van Lannan. And a lot of that is because of reasons you brought up because of, you know, the depth and he was drafted late and um, just kind of stuff like that. You know, he's not the standout guy. Um, But I think that one of the things that he brings is he brings that versatility because he can line up as a tackle and as a guard. And they've been kind of moving him around, trying to find a place for him. And I think they're a little little bit more slim at the tackle position, and especially with Bakhtiari being out, you just kind of never know. And I I don't see him, obviously, in a starting role. But Mm -hmm. I do see him, you know, you want that depth. And a lot of their tackle, like I think, Bakhtiari and Kelly are the only true tackles. I think everyone else might be listed as tackle and guard. So yeah. I think um, a little bit of that versatility never hurt. Well, well not Nyman, but yeah. As, oh, as, yeah. yeah. But no, you're, as, as, as legitimate starters, yeah. But either way, yeah, I just think, you know, and kind of like you mentioned, he he was drafted this year, so he's a rookie. So I think that kind of boosts his odds a little bit where – He'll maybe get that first year, and then next year we'll see kind of what's going on. But, yeah, he's, he's the local hometown kid. He's a Badger from Green Bay. I think that, you know, those kids just work a different type of hard at practice. And I think that maybe we haven't seen a lot from him, but I think that he's somebody who 
because, you know, I think that players, when they get to play for their hometown team, there's just a different kind of work ethic that comes with it. Um, so I think that we haven't really seen as much as we can out of him. And I think that he's somebody who can provide depth and he can kind of move in rotations. Um, we don't really know where he would play, but that's kind of what they've been messing around with in preseason. And obviously this preseason, this line wasn't that good, but it's a lot of guys who don't ever play together. You know, there's not that chemistry and it just looked rough all around. So I think it'd be, it'd be kind of bizarre to just single him out when it looked like it was kind of an orchestrated disaster. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely was not the only issue at offensive line throughout the preseason. Um, yeah. It's a little bit, a little bit concerning, honestly, because, you lose Lindsley, who is the foundation of, of the O-line. Mm-hmm. And then Bakhtiari is not going to start the season. So now, I mean, you're really looking at at uh, Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner to, like, really be your guys. Because outside of that, we're going to have basically three new starters probably along the line until Bakhtiari's back. And then it's still yeah. going to be two new guys. So and We don't even know his timeline. Exactly. We don't even know when he's going to be back. So... Con- continuity at offensive line is maybe the most important place to have it outside of quarterback, I guess. But yeah. And yeah. I, I like to run, I think when I did my prediction, I had maybe 10 or 11 offensive linemen and it's just cause you never know, you never know what's yeah. going to happen. You never know who could plug in where and do really well during a game. You know, if, if somebody matches up really well against a certain team, but maybe not another, there's just a lot you can do. And I think that, yeah, he being able to play both positions, as a rookie, you know, kind of provides a little bit of versatility and, you know, hopefully we don't need him. That's the thing, but it's still, yeah, I think that he, I I think a lot of people maybe discredit him a little bit or kind of forget about him, but yeah, I think that, I think that he'll make it even though a lot of people, you know, there's, there's better talent ahead of him, but I think that he sneaks his way on as some depth. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I know I had him as a, as a cut, but again, he is, he is a rookie. That just shows that he's kind of like one of those question marks because yeah, he's I think be, the status is a lot of what is going to kind of keep him on. Yeah, you know, it's hard to cut bait that early on a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could definitely see that. And then for my second surprise uh, would be Chauncey Rivers at linebacker. And I think this has a lot to do with Zadarius Smith's back injury. We don't really know his status for week one. Back injuries in general are not really, you know, they're, they're complicated at times and hopefully that won't be the case for Z this year because we know how much we'll need him. But Rivers has flashed a bit throughout training camp preseason. And if they're going into going into the season right now, you're really looking at Preston Zadarius, who's questionable, Rashawn Gary, and then Jonathan Garvin and, and really nothing else. And Jonathan Garvin, we don't even know that much about. Right. So Rivers, you know, Rivers, I think, could either replace Garvin or just be added with Garvin. I don't think I don't think they're gonna cut Garvin, but yeah, I think Chauncey Rivers, they brought him in and they've kept him on, and it seems like he's made an impression on the coaches and on the players around the team. So with Zadarius questionable and up in the air with his back, I think it helps Chauncey Rivers chance a lot to potentially surprise people and make it on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want Zadarius to come in. You know, it's so early in the season. You don't want him to play with an injury that could take him out for longer. So, yeah, if you can have guys like that who have been showing a lot of potential um, to kind of come in and provide depth and 
maybe take some reps and just see how they're doing. Cause yeah, you don't want him to get overworked if he's going through an injury and we don't know what it'll look like come, what is it? September 12th is first game against the saints. Um, mm-hmm. So he's got a little bit of time, but yeah, those back injuries don't really want to mess around with them. So yeah, it would be a good idea to kind of keep some depth at that position and kind of staying with the defense side again, I think we're probably both going to mention him. I know you alluded to him a little bit earlier uh, in this this conversation, but I had Jack Heflin as uh, a surprise make, and I I, I kind of question, you know, why would he be a surprise make? Because he just seems like he's worked so hard. Where it would be, he could also kind of be a surprise cut. He fits under both categories because he's kind of become one of those guys who has caught a lot of attention. You know, the undrafted, but. He just goes out there and he he's a big body. He works hard. I mean, he's a young guy, and I think that he can bring some good depth to that defensive line. And um, I think that we've kind of only scratched the sur- surface of what we can see from him. And I think that the Packers are going to take the chance on him to kind of continue to see what he can offer to this team. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, Heflin, for me, he's making my roster. Was he your I third think- or were you just saying – no, no, no. He's not my third. He's okay. He's on it. He he's earned it. I th- I think he's basically a better Tyler Lancaster and a better Dean Lowry. You know, he's he's not necessarily going to do a ton of pass rushing, but he's going to clog up the middle, block run lanes, and we saw him actually for a guy his size be pretty versatile, jumping out for tackles. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I ever saw. I you know Heflin made a diving tackle on a running back, getting him at his at his feet. I don't think I've ever seen for sure Tyler Lancaster do that. Maybe Dean Lowry did that in, on one of his better days. But, again, outside of his his pick six on Jameis Winston and his interception on Mitch Trubisky, Dean Lowry's done close to nothing. Tyler Lancaster, I can't even tell you what he's done because he's done nothing. So I'm with you on Heflin. But for me, I'm actually going to go with Isaac Yadam because they traded for him. And to be honest, I don't have I don't have cornerback? a cool... what the cornerback, yeah, the one that they got in the Josh Jackson trade, yeah, that is surprising. <laughs> yeah, that, no, so I to confirm because I yeah, so, you must something I didn't. <laughs> no, look, I'm again, you know, that's why it's called surprising. You know, um, guys, I'm definitely surprised. Um, yeah, look, everyone right now is kind of just penciling in KB on Ento as that sixth corner i also have Anto as my sixth corner to be honest but they trade i know it was really more just getting rid of josh jackson and getting him for something because they were going to cut him anyway but yadam you know they traded for him they must you know you don't just trade for nothing i think they see something in him and if they think he could help on special teams like that right now you know that's the biggest things even you know everyone is talking about kb and Anto, myself included but a sixth cornerback much like a sixth receiver, barring injuries, probably not going to be playing that much defense. So it's really going to come down to special teams and who's better. And if Yadam, and again, I'm not saying I know this, but if, if he just flashed at special teams as a gunner on kickoffs and, he's, and they think he's better suited for that than Ento, it could happen. Again, I don't think it's likely, but they traded for him, so he's someone I'm looking out for. That would definitely be a surprise. I Yeah, especially after watching him in that preseason game, I would hope that he's making it for special team purposes because <laughs> I just was not impressed. Um, and, I mean, maybe that's, you know, he's coming in to a new team and 
maybe that's tough, but just the simple things I feel like you need to work on, but you know, you never know what they see versus what we see. Um, yeah. So that, that would definitely be really interesting because he, when I was putting together my prediction, it felt like he was an easy scratch off my list. Um, yeah, I decided I got to go bold. I got to go. That's why I was going to do Malik Taylor for my third surprise cut. And then this for my surprise make, because you know, look, you got go big or go home. There you go. Well, I'm going to wrap up this little segment of ours with, I mean, he, depending on who you're talking to, he's either, he's got to go or he's got to stay. So I'm obviously going to talk about my guy, Kurt Benkert, because <laughs> this year, you know, it seems like the Packers typically have rolled with three quarterbacks. It, you know, I think a lot, are you like saying no or? I'm, I'm thinking about it. I mean, outside of last year, I don't, I don't think they really on the practice squad or like they always just have three. Yeah, no, they definitely have. Yeah. This yeah, would just be a different situation because I don't know if Benkert makes it to the practice squad because yeah, he, he could be a backup somewhere else easily. Um, but I think that, you know, especially, you know, not just because I'm a huge fan of him, but I think that especially in a COVID year when you don't know what could happen, you want to be, you want to be safe and you want to have those numbers and somebody reliable. And, you know, if God forbid, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm thinking? If something don't were to happen, that. uh, who, you know, he, he has a little bit more experience than love and I wouldn't expect them to all be active on the same day, but I do think that running with three quarterbacks, especially in a COVID year, uh, it could be really beneficial just, just in case you don't want to run into a situation where you're scrambling because something has happened. Um, and yeah, I think that Benkert has just done a lot to kind of prove his worth on this team and he's worked really hard and uh, he, just from kind of like the things that I've heard via locker room or like in the huddle, he does a really good job of kind of getting the guys together and just kind of being that leader when he needs to be. I know it's only been preseason, so he's not running with the ones or anything, but I think that he's just kind of gained that respect. And I mean, sometimes you just need a good locker room guy like that to make things work. I know there's a lot of guys who, yeah, you know, you don't, maybe they won't see playing time and he knows that he knows that his, he knows what his role would be. I think a lot of us do. Um, he's not stupid or anything like that. He has a QB three, but you know, you get guys like that and it kind of just makes the atmosphere better. And when you have guys like that, you know, you play different, um, when you're surrounded by good people, you play a little bit better than when you're surrounded by maybe people who are a little bit more sour. So he's definitely someone who I'm not just preaching it because I have his signed Jersey here in my room. I'm saying it because I think that he, he has the talent and the ability. And I know that, you know, they, there's no way they're going to be able to sneak him onto practice squads. So they would have to go find some other quarterback um, to just kind of be that that third guy. And I don't know, it, it would be really hard for me to see him go. But the flip side, I was thinking, you know, it it doesn't benefit. You know, it doesn't benefit Benkert as much if they keep him because he won't see hardly any time, if any at all. It would be more beneficial for him to actually be let go and if you I, really loved him you would let him go okay? i know it, you know if you love him and they come back they were yours so <laughs> <laughs> he'll come back and he'll back up jordan love in a few years but no i i know it's one of those things where it, it's selfish because i want him but i know it could also be really beneficial for him to leave but 
I'm selfish, and I think the court, the quarterback mm-hmm. position, we need just one extra guy because, God forbid, something happens this year. Yeah. And you you don't know what could happen. And he, he obviously – he shows that he has a talent and he gets along with this team. And, you know, I – yeah, I run with three. Yeah. I, a lot He's of people are saying way. don't, but – Bold prediction, we're going to see his name on the list. And he wants to be here, too, if you follow him on social media. He yeah. he wants to be here, so I feel a little bit less selfish as a fan wanting him to stay in a position where he's really not going to see any field time. Yeah, so to be honest, my he he is my biggest question mark still, and we're less than 24, we're less than like 20 hours until they do this. And I'll probably end up posting my 53-man prediction tomorrow morning. And I don't know if he's going to be on it yet. I really don't because I'll be honest. If it wasn't for COVID, you know, Rodgers love, I think that'd be fine. With COVID, it really does. It does add a lot. You want to have that security. And, you know, I'm thinking if they don't keep him and and, and he ends up getting claimed and he doesn't make it to the practice squad, and I know you say there's, there's no way he makes it through, I wouldn't say no way, but yes. There's I no think. way. It's Kurt Benker, <laughs> Eli. There's no way. <laughs> he has shown a lot where a team could take a look at him for sure. But if it came to it, you know, if they had to turn to, let's say, a Blake Bortles as a third guy, you know, he at least has been there. It's something I would say more than Dolgala, even though they brought Dolgala back and not Bortles. Do you think that they would try and bring Dolgala back in and be that practice squad <laughs> guy if Benker doesn't yeah. He could be their practice squad guy. The only reason I say Bortles is just because it's just more experience and other like yeah. Jordan Love could sit on the sidelines with someone teaching him as Rogers plays. So right. we'll see on on that. Ben Kurt, yeah, he he's my he's the one I really am struggling the most with going into tomorrow. And um, but yeah, I guess that's our. I obviously had to wrap things up a little bit more biased here, but yeah, <laughs> you know my Badger and my Banker and. <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. So, so before we do our, I mean, I know it's about ten days away, but you know, we're not going to have a show before the game, so we'll we'll give a score prediction. But Jen, who's a who's a new addition, whether rookie or free agent, that you're most excited to see specifically in week one? Specifically in week one, I think it's got to be Josh Myers. You know, he's he's the rookie center coming in and seeing him roll with the ones is going to be huge. Seeing that connection with Aaron Rodgers and the blocking and just kind of holding his own on that line as the rookie center. Um, he He's the biggest puzzle piece that there is on that line. So I think bringing him in, um, I'm really excited for him. It sounds like he has great potential. He's basically a younger Corey Lindsley. Uh, I know that Rodgers has been a little hard on him, but, you know, it sounds like that's normal. Like th- I think uh, Lindsley even kind of pointed out, you know, I think you're being too nice to him. So he kind of got a little bit, a uh, little bit more communicative with him on the line, but you know, you got to do that because you yeah. got to like it, it starts with him. So he's got to be ready to take over that role. You, you kind of have to, you're rookie, but you have to play like a veteran at that position. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. I, I love the pick uh, when they snagged him especially after Lindsay, because I, I honestly, I expected Lindsay to be back and Aaron Jones to be gone. Yeah. So it, it threw me off a little bit to see those moves, which I'm obviously ecstatic that Aaron Jones is coming back. But 
I think that Josh Myers, he will see how well he plugs into this offensive line. I mean, the offensive line in general is going to be really interesting to watch, but especially him at his position because it's such a key component to the offense. So I'm going to definitely have my eyes on him. Yeah. uh, Myers was someone I considered here strongly. If if I went with, I decided I'm not going to go with a rookie. If I was going to go with a rookie, it would have been him because like you said, Center, I mean, it's huge, and especially for someone like Aaron Rodgers who loves to get that free play and really, I mean, and we know he takes it down to the very last second, basically every play, which is going to take at least 10 years off my life for sure. (laughs) It's so frustrating. I'm not getting into it, but, oh, Lord, it is insane that he has to snap the ball at 0.3 seconds. I I missed, you know, the quick snap, the – like the Just no huddle, quick snap. No huddle, yeah, that's it. It's gone. I feel like and I haven't seen that in years, and it's that's the one. Nuts. That's my one consistent like criti- criticism in a way of Matt Lafleur's offense, and I know how great it's been, but I don't understand why he refuses to go no huddle and move. I, I hate letting the other teams set up. And- yeah, you're letting them set up. You're letting them catch their breath. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams. It doesn't matter. Get to the line. Snap the ball, you're either going to get an offsides, 12 men on the field, or they're not going to be ready. And you are because you're Aaron Rodgers and you're smarter than every single person on that field. And you're going to get the ball to someone here and there. Yeah, you rush a play, maybe it doesn't work out, but nowhere near to the extent that we're seeing no, we're seeing no, no huddle whatsoever yeah. unless we need to rush and we're trailing, which we've been lucky not to see a lot. And I said I wasn't getting into it, but now I'm getting real frustrated because it, it has it's been mind-boggling to me that Matt LaFleur has been so innovative and so good, but he's just ignored no huddle and up tempo offense. Doesn't make sense to me. I'm gonna stop now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go no, real I, mad. I that we agree on this because yeah. it's something that drives me crazy too. So we can complain about that week one together. Yeah. yeah, it's it's frustrating. But my guy, and I've been talking about him a lot all offseason, Devondre Campbell, middle linebacker. The Packers have needed a middle linebacker desperately for years. Obviously we're excited about Chris Barnes and I do think he has a ton of potential, but Campbell comes in as that veteran who is both hard hitting runs down downhill against runners. And he could also cover he's fast. He's athletic. He's smart is exactly who you want in the middle of your defense. And especially as you're grooming a guy like Chris Barnes along next to him. And, you know, I I can't say for sure because I don't know, but, Oren Burks has been close to nothing his whole career. Signed Devondre Campbell, all of a sudden Oren Burks starts doing some stuff. Who knows? Maybe a veteran a veteran presence has helped him too. So I'm really excited to see what Devondre Campbell brings himself on the field and what he brings to the whole defense because he's going to be the middle linebacker. He could easily be the one calling the plays, having the headset in. And if that's the case, a ton falls on his shoulders, and we know how badly they need to improve in the middle and I think a lot's going to fall on him and then his teaching and, and playing alongside with Chris Barnes, Oren Burks, Isaiah McDuffie, all those guys. Yeah, and that middle linebacker position has been a little bit neglected, it seems, as of late. So bringing Joe Barry and hopefully we see a lot more from those guys. And, yeah, sometimes bringing that guy to kind of shadow the other side. I know I think it was – was it like Nick Perry and Clay Matthews a few years ago where, you know, when Perry was hurt, Matthews didn't – perform as well but then Perry comes in and it kind of draws attention and now you have to cover two two guys instead of just kind of 
shadowing and focusing on one. So yeah, bringing in, sometimes bringing in a guy on the other side can help improve the other side. So that that's something important to notice. And I think that it can be really beneficial to both their games. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. I'm just excited for the linebacker group in general. I think that there's a lot of potential with this group. So yeah, if you can kind of, I know with the run game, it drives me absolutely nuts when I see guys just go up the middle. So hopefully those are some guys who can close some gaps because I swear if week one Kamara runs <laughs> the way he did, I, I'm going to yeah. lose but, my you know, just, <laughs> just thinking about it, you know, and let's say a general, like hoping Zadarius Smith plays. I mean, we could be looking at Z, Kenny, uh, we could, a five-man front, Z, Gary, Clark, Slayton, Preston Smith, or you could swap Gary for Z. You want to put Z in the middle. That front five is scary. And then if you have Barnes and Campbell behind it, clogging up any running lanes, like this really could be, and I, and I think we've said on an open book, and I'm sure we said it here too, like I think this is one of the most talented rosters the Packers have had in a long time and one of the deepest rosters they've had, and I'm really excited about it. Like I think the run defense could be drastically better it's going to it's going to rely on Campbell and Barnes, but I believe in them. And as long as they pull through, I really think the defense could be phenomenal. As we know Amos, Savage, Jair, they're good. So it's really about that front seven. I know, I know, it's stopped. I know. So this this defense, you know, I feel like we've kind of slowly been able to say it year after year, where you know, as of late, the defense has been better than the year prior. And this year, I really feel like they kind of have filled some of those gaps and in a team that has come so close the last couple of years to punching that Super Bowl ticket, I think that they've added some really key factors to it. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm absolutely excited about. And as of right now, it's 1130 central time when we're recording this on Monday, not really any news or anything like that. So yeah, just a couple of predictions. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to cover or is this basically wrapped up? Um, I guess because we won't have a show before the game, let's let's give an early early score prediction. And also, I mean, everyone in in New Orleans, stay safe. I hope you're all doing good. Um, I don't even know if the game is going to happen in New Orleans, but that's yeah, not really that important. Obviously, yeah, everyone. Everybody's okay. Yeah, wishing you all well in New Orleans. So whether the game happens there, or I've heard it could happen in Dallas, which we know the Packers' history in Dallas, so. Let's hear a quick – let's do with it, go with, finish it off with a quick score prediction. Okay. I – And remember who the starting quarterback is, Jen. Jameis. Jameis. <laughs> it's Jameis Winston. Don't worry about it. If you're listening, obviously I had to poke fun at you for that. Um, yeah. I am going to say, you know, if they're playing in Dallas, that's home field advantage, which is huge. <laughs> uh, no, I think that the Packers, they play great there. And, um, yeah, I think – there has been some serious turnover with the saints and I'm obviously going to take the Packers to win this one. I am going to say they're going to win 20, 24, 17. I think the Camaro will still have a big day and be a huge factor, but I think that Packers are going to figure it out. They're going to shut them down and it's going to be a fun day. Yeah. So again, I am obviously also going to take the Packers to win, but Look, this is this will be the first game the Saints. I mean, Breeze has had some injuries, but first game out of the Breeze era. Jameis, he's getting thrown in there. No Michael Thomas, no Marshawn Lattimore. They have a ton of injuries on defense, and they're not going to be playing. I think Ken Crawley, their cornerback. I mean, 
really like decimated by injury. And you know what? I don't care. A win's a win. And if that's what's going to help them get it, injuries, I'm going to, I don't care. I'll take it. So I actually think we're, I don't know how our defense will hold up. I hope it'll be good, but we've seen Jameis go off sometimes, but I think we're going to score a lot on them. So I'm actually going to go 34-24. Okay, high-scoring game. Well, I mean, considering it's uh, Jameis, there could be – Yeah, I mean, Jameis in the second round. Eric Stokes will get a pick six, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, I think – Sweet, because he was another guy who – you know, with the whole Kevin King thing, I don't know how soon we'll see him. We didn't see him in preseason as much as we thought we did, uh, or thought well, we would with Eric Stokes. That he'll be starting, or close to starting. Eric Stokes? Saying it, the fact that they barely played him in preseason is, yeah. a, is a sign that, you know, they're not risking their potential start their cornerback, too. Possibly. I also was a little disappointed. I want to see, I wanted to see a little bit more from him. We'll see kind of what reps he's taking that week one, but you know, Kevin King is also locked in on this year and I think that he's going to really turn it around. So yeah, I mean, we, we don't talk again until after this week one game, our, our next episode will come out on September 14th. So two days after game one, and it's just around the corner. I, it's weird, you know, the whole preseason three games. I really like it, though, with uh, the way that things were set up. Um, I do, you know, for for the guys who are playing for roster spots, I know that that fourth game can be kind of beneficial, but I'm excited to just kind of get rolling with, with yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, and also it's nice because usually, you know, you have the fourth preseason game, and then, boom, the next week you're going. Right. Now they've had a bit more of a break. Anyone who's had any lingering is- you know, injury issues, they could get healthier. Um, and look, if it was up to me, they would be down to two preseason games. I know, like you said, it is very important for the younger guys to get those reps, but it's just seeing, seeing guys get hurt in the preseason every year. You just look at it and you say, why are they playing? Why are you even playing? Dobbins, I know that's not, yeah, Dobbins, it just. A really unfortunate injury for the Ravens. Yeah, uh, Carl Lawson on the Jets in a practice, you know, in the joint practice against the Packers, like. It's just this sport is way too physical to just let's play for fun. I get it. You you do need to get them reps, but at what cost? Like, uh, you know, every year without fail, there are guys that are gone for the year in preseason. Big name guys. I'm not, I know, I know. Okay, I'm wearing a majority jersey above me. But at a certain point, especially if the NFL plans on expanding to 18 games in the next five years, which I think I saw. You got to cut it to two games, or you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have players make it through the season. You're, you're gonna end up with, you know, the end of the year is gonna look like the preseason because it's gonna be a bunch of backups as everyone's hurt. So right. that's my feelings on the preseason. But I'll stop ranting. Yeah. Well, good thing you know preseason's over, regular season just under two weeks away. So um, obviously, continue to listen to everybody on Pack a Day, uh, Eli. Before we. Uh, kind of wrap things up. Where can everybody find you and your your new work? Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, as usual, you can always find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. All of my work will be on there. But um, you can find. Well, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not sure what it's going to be. But if there's stuff to find, you'll find it on my Twitter page, Book of Eli underscore NFL. And also feel free to. Subscribe to my YouTube channel under Eli Berkovitz. Uh, always putting up good Packers content on there. 
you always forget to your Patreon, which I recommend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my Patreon account is where I really go deep, film breakdown, all 22, and really break down a lot of plays. And if that's something you're interested in, I'd love to have you subscribe. So, yeah, you can find me on Patreon also under Ellie Berkowitz. Oh, switched it. Um, yeah, just go. <laughs> just go. See, you're just going to have to get used to people calling you by your actual name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. All my work can be found in the Linktree link in my bio. Uh, you can find all my work for Packaday, for Open Book, which I do with Eli and Zach every Thursday. You, <laughs> Forgot that too. Thank you. See, I literally um, forgot. I'm like, I need to NFL guy forgetting no, no, no. about your low, uh, your lower class friends here in the content world. Yeah, I, I but you saw in my head, I was like, there's more to say than my Twitter. Uh-huh. I couldn't remember. Yes, open book. I'm very excited. Thursday is gonna be fun. Yeah, thanks, Eli, for forgetting about me when I'm right here. Right. But, <laughs> And uh, you can find all my work at Say It Again as well under that link. But other than that, be sure to like, share, subscribe to the the podcast. You can find that on our social media platform, uh, primarily on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Um, Yeah, be sure to rate, review, comment, whatever you got to do, share it around, and just kind of be sure to continue to listen to everybody because everybody is going to have fantastic breakdowns and previews coming up through these next two weeks as we prepare for the regular season. So thank you everybody for listening. And as always, go Pack Go! happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com